0: Welcome to the Point Noted Podcast with your host, Johnny B,
1: and co-host who shows up whenever he wants to, former NFL player, Rashad Barksdale. It's raw, unfiltered, and no topic is off-limit.
0: We talk sports, entertainment, culture, and a whole lot of random shit. Let's get to the point.
1: Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is The Point of the Podcast, and I'm your host, Johnny B, with my co-host, OCO. OCO, what up?
2: How's it going, guys?
1: Good, 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 man. We got a, we got a young queen in the house, man. Uh, a really special guest. Uh, she's running for Congress in Florida, was 24. Uh, welcome to the show, Sakina Latola. How you doing, Sakina? Hi,
0: y'all. You know, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Hanging in there. How y'all doing? Yeah.
1: All doing right, Uh, We're here, man. Um, no longer worried about COVID-19. Look like we killed it. No, we didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't. Right. Look, well, we're not talking about it. So we must have killed it, right? <laughs>
0: it's hard. You know, the, it, the the media and all of the timelines and everything seems like can only handle one thing at a time, which we really got to work on.
2: Exactly. Right. Exactly. But let me ask you this. First question out of curiosity, what is the origin of your last name? I find that very interesting.
0: So I'm... so. My last name is Finnish.
2: Finnish. Okay. Um,
0: That's as much as I know about it. I don't really know, okay. you know, much deeper than that. But it's Finnish.
1: Right. Right. My mom's um, side of my wait. Any of your parents in Finnish? In um. Finnish? So
0: my mom's side of the family is white. So they're like Irish, Greek, Finnish.
1: Mm, mix. Um, a whole lot of mix.
0: Like a mix of all the, you know, European. <laughs> like, got got really. It. Yeah, right, right, right.
1: Yeah, so that's right. where my last name comes from. Well, that Jeez. is definitely, uh, it is unique, and I'm glad I didn't butcher it. I've been butchering last names on the show, yes. like, every single time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, I forgot about
0: the pronunciation of my last name and not my first name. <laughs> you right, did well,
1: about. oh, well, thank you. See, O.C., I told you I'm moving up. <laughs> uh, you know, I'd just be glad it was me to say and not O.C. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, you know, you're running for Congress. Tell us why you are, why are you running?
2: Yeah, take a moment, like, why? What is the why of your campaign?
0: Well, the why, so the why of the campaign and the why I'm running, I mean, I guess they're they're the same. Um, mm. I'll start backwards by starting with the why of the campaign. Um, yeah. The easiest way to break into that is to just go with the slogan, which is a movement, not a moment.
1: Not a moment. Um, I love it. Yeah,
0: movement, not a moment, because we get so lost in electoral politics, Uh, and, you know, without combining, uh, activism and a lot of other components, electoral politics can only go so far, which is, you know, why we're at where we're at. So not a moment is the slogan, because every time people were asking me, you know, when I was having my conversations before I formally started the campaign, um, but when I already, you know, knew I was going to run. Um, every time I was explaining it to people, I was like, yeah, you know, cause it's a movement. It's not about just this one election. It's about creating right. momentum and, you know, in the district that lasts forever. So what I mean by that um, is basically we have a, so we have a four point platform. Um, mm-hmm. So progressive policy, which I'm sure we'll talk plenty about um, mm-hmm. and then community engagement. Mm-hmm. And so for me, what that means is community engagement from our elected officials uh, especially our our congressional representatives, considering the fact that the House is only in session for about one third of the year, and it's done that way on purpose. That way, the time can be split with doing work, you know, in D.C. and actually being on the ground in the district and doing work within the community.
2: Absolutely. And
0: yeah, and so if more of our elected officials and representatives um, at the federal and local level would spend more time in the community, and what I mean by that is. Meeting with teachers and and school districts, you know, working, visiting the prisons and finding out what's going on there, holding our state and local elected officials accountable, like the Miami Dade County Mayor and things like that, then we would we would see so much so much more could be done.
2: Yeah. Uh, you mean like represent the people? Is that is that what you're
0: saying? <laughs> basically. <laughs>
2: Basics. do your job, huh?
0: Yeah, I mean that the house, the U.S. House of Representatives, is literally the people's house. It was created right. to make sure that we were all equally represented, and we had people fighting for us. And that's just not what we have. We have a bunch of people that go sit in Washington for a few weeks, and then go sit at home in their multi-million-dollar homes for a few weeks, and you know, make some nice tweets about these these really fluffy policies that they're supposedly fighting for, and that's right.
2: it, right?
0: Yeah, and the exactly. rest
2: of the time they're raising money.
0: Yep, yep, some exactly. Population. And they don't even some of them like my opponent don't. They don't even have to raise it; they just get it
2: because yeah, it comes yeah, yeah.
0: In and it just comes in automatically. They don't have to fundraise. They don't have to campaign. They don't have to debate. You know, because well, they don't vote. But it's not so simple because. We are so poor and so sick and so tired. Right. We're barely getting by week to week. Never mind keeping up with all these elections that happen at three different times in the year. You know, right. it's it's difficult. It's hard to keep up with. And it's that way on purpose. So that's why, right. you know, our platform is, that's why our, our campaign is so well-rounded. And that's why I'm so committed to really, you know, redefining as, as corny as it might sound, what it means to be a representative, which is on my first flyer that I had made um, because, you know, we've just settled because this is what we've given, been given. It's right. what we've always known.
2: Right. You know,
0: and every time we try to fight and, and push for progress and, and true justice and not equality, but equity, we're always told it's not possible by the same people that made deliberate decisions to get us here.
2: Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. right. Well, that's part so, two.
0: Um, okay, go ahead. Super quick, which is political yeah, um, and what that means is, for instance, the Miami-Dade, you know, it's, it's things as simple as automatic voter registration, you know, not scrubbing people off the polls as often as they do, um, mm-hmm. and things like that. But also, the Miami-Dade County Commission meetings are held at 9 a.m. on Tuesdays.
1: <laughs> Everybody
0: has to be at work in a government <laughs> building that you need ID to get into, and the irony there is that it's downtown Miami and right outside of that building are tons of people experiencing homelessness who can't oh. even get into that meeting to go advocate for or against things that are going to hurt or harm them, like the $400 million new jail that they're trying to build in Miami, using dollars, despite the fact that crime has been in decline and we could literally condense jails and close some because of how many empty beds we have.
2: Wow. Wait, how 400 much you dollars? Four hundred mil? Four hundred mil.
1: Man, business is booming. It's like him. a hotel. But then
0: we don't have money for housing or infrastructure or any right. real jobs or let's say grocery stores or you know, mm-hmm. like it's it's absolutely insane. We had a, a bunch of activists and a bunch of community members went to the commission meeting uh, I think it was March second, right before everything shut down.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: because we showed up, you know, took off work paid $15 for parking, sat there all day because they ended up tabling the time for reasonable comment to talk about other things because someone had to leave early. Um, Because of that, they tabled it, but they're back and talking about it again. Wow. Wow. Yet we have hundreds of people literally living on the streets in Overtown, in Liberty City, in Little Haiti, all over District 24. And the homeless trust that gets $90 million a year (laughs) <laughs> it's just it's a mess yeah so, yeah so we got to get going
1: there. Gotta
0: it's important but the last part that I'm committed to is um, empowerment through knowledge because people being able to get to voting or come to the commission meetings and stuff doesn't matter if people aren't aware of how to use their voice how to use their power and how to maneuver all the systems mm-hmm. yeah so that's that's the overall goal of the campaign Um, yeah, that's, that's why we're here. That's why, that's why we're fighting. That's why we're run. That's why I'm running. Um, I grew up poor, you know, I've been working since I was 13. And it took me a long time, you know, even after studying political science and getting my bachelor's to really understand how much politics and policy affect people, and how much we're really just drowned out by false falsified media
2: you know absolutely let me me give you this one gift never never say you grew up poor (laughs) you grew up broke because like they always try to point out poor is a state of mind and you are not you are definitely not that i mean uh, the passion i hear from you is um it's inspirational well let me ask you this Representative uh, Wilson is a big big personality, mm-hmm. uh, not for the reasons you would expect a representative to be. I mean the hatch and all that yes. um, and your your district is such a populous district. How are you when is the when is the uh, the primary by the way August 18th. Oh, wow. so, 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 got some time. Yeah. So how are you fighting the uphill battle of getting attention out? Has she even agreed to a debate?
0: No. So, so far, uh, her campaign has pretty much just ignored us, which honestly is probably to their benefit. Because I don't really know what they could say that wouldn't make them sound like a bully, honestly. Oh, um, right. So I think right now they're just hoping that I'll just go away, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. and they'll never because addressing me is going to give me attention, you know. They're, they're much better off if I don't get any attention. <laughs> um, so the that's noise. where I'm at with that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of fighting the uphill battle, that's where you know it when when COVID started, yeah, I had two choices I could, you know, uh commit all my time to making fundraising calls and doing more research and writing more editorials and, 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 you know, uh, filling out all these forms and all this stuff, or I can go get on the ground and volunteer my time. Um, and so I decided, I I basically decided and I said, listen, the only reason I wouldn't go, uh, volunteer and and do all these food distributions and spend my time, you know, uh, we have a really cool site that I'll tell you about in a minute, Okay. Uh, because it would cause me to lose. But at the end of the day, I'm running to help people in these exact situations. Exactly, so, exactly. help now, with the goal yeah. of being able to help in the future completely goes over the point of, you know, doing it all and being well-rounded. And right. honestly, that's helped. It really has because, you know, right. I've been talking about it. I've been telling my story. I've been saying who I am, but You know, for the past past few months, I got to put my actions where my mouth is. And people really got to see me for who I am and understand, you know, where I stand and and where my energy lies and where my priorities are. Um, and so that's what we've that's what we've stuck to is being policy forward, you know, trying to bring awareness as much as we can to the issues, especially the homelessness. Like it is Mm -hmm. it is so disastrous. And and I always tell people, I just I want you to just come come visit. Like just come walk with me. Seriously, like,
2: oh, it's not bad, huh?
0: It is so bad, and it's so sad because these are historically black cities, mm. right? So, and, I can,
1: and I can only imagine it's gotten worse since the protest is going on, right?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, but that like that's just because the police are super intimidating. You know, they're trying to escalate. I was at a, a, a march on Sunday. It was absolutely beautiful for almost for like five hours, um, and then at one point, the police lined up. You know, they had, they had like 30 car. It was so many people, so many officers. And then one of the sergeants or captains or somebody got on and said he was using, he was de- using some Florida statute to declare it an unlawful assembly. And we all had sure. 15 minutes to not just like get out of that parking lot, but to get out of like the entire circumference of the area that we were in. They had blocked off roads and gave us only certain ways to get out. 15 minutes and, and they played like the purge music. Really? Yeah, like that, wow. that theme song. Yes. And 15 wow, minutes was not like there were so many people. And 15 minutes was not even a reasonable enough amount of time for people to get to their cars. Wow. Never mind for everybody to get out. You know? Wow. So, and, and I mean, it didn't end up ending in 15 minutes. It was really cool. I went to leave, I got to the highway. And everyone was, like, packed on the highway. So I just parked and I just started playing, <laughs> playing some songs and bringing the vibes. And it was it was a really beautiful day. But there were so many instances where the police were just trying to intimidate and trying to rile us up. Yeah. Um, and I'm really proud. I am so proud because there were hundreds of people. I couldn't even, like, I couldn't even believe how many people there were. And the fact that everyone... You know, kind of stood their ground and didn't let their emotions get the best of them, even though they absolutely deserved to. Mm-hmm. Uh, was really great, and it just really sucks that the media doesn't doesn't talk about that.
1: Right, and it's really crazy because you can tell there's a lack of leadership in the police uh, department side, right? Because all over the country, no one is coming out and just saying, "Okay, this is what we're going to try to do. What can we do?" Right? It just yeah. seems like they're just out there. They have lost. Like they really they don't they don't know exactly what are we supposed to do to fix it right now. But so think
0: about it. Like you don't even need to go to college to become a police officer.
2: Yeah, right. You know, right. like
0: in Massachusetts, the police academy is six months. Like yeah. you have you, to go to school it, for two it, years it, to do it, hair.
2: It's, it's crazy. Yeah, crazy. hair
0: is not. You right. Know, it's great. I can't do it. I think it's amazing, but. To be an officer and literally have the power to kill somebody, to falsely right. imprison people—you literally it, six when, months. Six months
2: training, basically a glorified boot camp. In Germany, it's a four-year training program.
1: It need to be it has four years.
2: Four years before you get a badge. Four years before you get a gun. Four years. That's what it should and be. And should be. Like, they should, first of all, they should have to go to
0: college. They should have to study, you know, behavioral sciences, like sociology and psychology, criminal yeah, yeah. justice, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And on top of that, a lot of people wouldn't persevere through that four years, you know. And if you want a leadership yeah. position like that, if you want power like that, you need to be able to stay like four years. Really, that's
2: that's that's
1: Well, OK, so, I mean. See, I'm not sure about the four years of college because. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, at, at least those right. classes. Like those yeah, classes yeah.
0: can be done in a two year associates program.
2: Yeah. I, I just feel That's like a lot of, of people don't want to go to school, school right? I feel like be, the thing. Right. What, what we're saying here, the four years of training is not, you can't train four years to arrest someone. The, the four years of training is the psychology, the, right. the how to de escalate <laughs> situations. Right. Physical stuff, you know, the rules, knowing the laws, knowing really right, right. what to charging people for, what you can right. and can't do. I mean, that's yeah. what college is is that's what that is. It's, it's development, a it's a mental development. Right. Yeah. Right. But but what I'm saying is a lot
1: of these guys are the police officers, they don't want to read all that books or do with all that reading and learning. There has to be, be a lot of reasons.
0: That's like critical thinking, which critical thinking is important when you're, you know, deciding to take someone's life or not, or, you know, you know, Oh, Hey, this person is suffering from some type of, you know, mental illness, you know, being able to react to situations differently. Like you can't learn that in a six month, like you said, glorified boot camp, which is what it is. It's all about the physical strength and physical power and nothing about the cognitive, like you know, needs that are
2: are necessary. Absolutely. And what you would actually find is if you made that a four-year training course and it's more about the mental aspect of it and it would balance out your department. You would have a lot of highly intelligent people, a lot more women um, because you de-emphasize the physical aspect of the job and emphasize the mental and knowing the laws and knowing what to do, how to de-escalate. All that stuff. You you still have a SWAT team for the crazy times, uh, right, crazy situations, right. but not. Right. It's not wartime every day. I mean, literally, these right. guys were. They, we're talking about that. we're talking about doctors and nurses not having PPE, and these mm. dudes have like Batman costumes for, <laughs> each, for each guy. It's unbelievable. So I can see where your passion comes from because these guys basically people are protesting police brutality and they're showing... The police are literally <laughs> showing every reason why people should be out on the streets.
1: Right, showing you exactly why. But, Sakina, so let me ask you this, though. So we're talking about possibly, you know, I think you're an OCR green and maybe cops should be going four years in school or whatever. So one, one of the things I think uh, that can make it a lot easier, uh, it's maybe they do a, a year or two years of some kind of educational program that gets them to be a police officer. But every three or six months, they have to go back it's just some part. kind of like, mental. see, I used to work with, um, you know, where you work in the house with mentally challenged individuals, and every three months, we have to go to a weekend class where you're learning about behaviors and you're learning how to deal with their, uh, their attitude and things yeah. like that. I mean, I think that would be a lot. That would probably be an easier implementation, wouldn't it be?
2: Continued education credit. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, it's and especially, you know, times change and things change. And we can even see just how much of these procedures that they're using now, like the knees on the neck are so outdated, but they're clearly being taught. Um, I want to touch back on something, though, that's kind of a little bit different in topic. But Mm -hmm. we were talking about some um, how if we made it, you know, more mental, we would see more diversity, uh, you know. And things like that, and we talk and more women, mm-hmm. and I think it's really interesting because you know the biggest argument for why women can't be police officers is because of the physical aspect,
2: right? But
0: my wonder is like, how often do police officers have to retake their physical exams? Because <laughs> not to, like not even not to be rude or disrespectful at all, uh-huh, but uh-huh. there are plenty of officers who are de- definitely older men. Who are definitely mm-hmm. not in good physical condition, but mm-hmm. their job no problem. Yet women coming in are you know given the runaround and put you know pushed extra hard just to have to prove themselves when right. they can, you know probably outrun and 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 out outbeat a lot of a lot of these other officers. So I just Absolutely. that was really interesting. that just
2: no,
1: you're you definitely right. right. I agree I, with you on that. I agree with you on that. Let's um, step, a uh, step back a little bit. Where'd you go to college?
0: Uh, University of South Florida in Tampa.
1: Right. And you did what? Political science?
0: Yeah. I started in business because, you know, I'm the first person in my family to go to college and I didn't really know anything about the majors or what I wanted mm-hmm. to do in life. Um, so I did international <laughs> business with marketing
2: because, yeah.
0: like, it's, I knew I wanted to be global. I knew I wanted to be in the international sphere. Um, mm-hmm. And marketing is really open-ended because I knew I didn't actually want to work in business. Like, I knew I didn't want mm-hmm. to do accounting or finance or anything uh, so marketing was open-ended where, you know, if I meet somebody that is hiring for a completely different position, but they think I can mm-hmm. do it, I'll get hired. You know, it's not so specific, like finance or education or something. And then I spent right. once I got to my second year and I hated all the classes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you like uh, political science though? Did you enjoy that? Yeah,
0: I did. I loved, I hated the classes like policy administration, you know, and like state, state and local government, like the the black and white things. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I loved – my favorite classes were globalization and the environment and international wealth and power. Like the the classes that really go into the deep root causes of all of the current issues and things that we're facing um, and really talk about the complexities of all the issues because people really talk about everything from – One frame of mind, which is even something I'm working on, you know, being open minded Mm -hmm. and and not just open minded because, you know, you can there's right and wrong and and stuff like that. But, you know, not being so trapped in my own perspective that I'm able to understand more. And because none of these issues are black and white. They're extremely gray with a multitude of different shades of gray all in between, you know. Right. So those were the classes I really loved. But, yeah, I I really did enjoy it. It was a great Okay. Yeah,
1: I know every, uh, every student that ever took political science, they they were just glad they did. It's some eye-opening in those courses uh, that you probably can't get anywhere else except for taking those classes. Uh, but I understand your family was in the military, so uh, you have some military background?
0: Yeah, so um, my stepfather, the man who raised me, him and my mom got mm-hmm. married um, before I was two. He's in the Air Force still. Uh, it's been still. almost 23 years now. Wow. Uh, he's 40. He just mm. did, yeah, because he joined like right when he was 18. Um, oh. He just had his last deployment though in October. So, okay. Doing any more deployments. I mean, so he says now. So he says. Um, <laughs> and yeah. yeah, so, you know, I, I lived on Eglin Air Force Base up in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, mm-hmm. uh, until I was nine. And. You know, I I love the troops. I support the troops, but I do
1: not
0: not love the military industrial complex. I do not support these endless wars. And the best way and the best thing that we can do for my dad and for the troops and for all these people that we love so much is to stop sending them to die for greed and profit. And that's my stance on that. I think we need to increase the military budget and invest that money in healthcare and infrastructure and education uh, and, and environmental reform.
2: And and the soldiers who served. Yeah! Wow, the yeah! yeah. They, they, they come back Sorry. and they just become the afterthoughts. It's un, It's unreal. It's, um, uh, I don't wanna detract because I wanna stay focused on everything uh, Sakina is doing. But yeah, definitely we get so distracted. And for a country that glorifies and not correctly so, what these guys do and then they come back and they're just forgotten it's yeah. uh unreal and it's
0: it's so insane because and i don't know like i'm i you know i'm i don't know the exact specifics but what i've learned from Raheem's experience <laughs> my stepdad is you know um i finally realized why we have so many veterans experiencing homelessness it's because like You know, when you first of all, when you sign up, when you get recruited, it's very misleading. It is not clear. Um, One of the things Rahim was always saying was saying, you know, because we we did a live a few weeks back, and he was like, you know, I always tell them get everything in writing. Mm. When you're doing anything with the military, you need to get everything in writing because kids come in thinking they're signing up for one thing, and it turns out to be something completely different. Um, On top of that. You know, if you don't do X amount of years, again, I'm not positive on the specifics. You don't do X amount of years. If you quote unquote drop out or whatever, you know, all those labels that they put to try and disgrace people who just can't take it anymore, Mm -hmm. uh, then you get nothing.
2: Nothing You know, you don't
0: get all of the things that were promised to you. So if you can't do six years, four years, 10 years, whatever you thought you could do when you were fresh and ready and, and thinking, hey, I'm going to fight for the good old whatever, then you actually got to the war zone and were like, oh my God, this is absolutely treacherous.
1: Not right. for me. Right. And
0: you end up with nothing, no money, no education if you didn't have it already, no housing, nothing. And then even then, the the VA is so underfunded and uh, and and, and it, awful. Um oh. It's it's just all so messed up and they love to say, you know, support the troops, don't take a knee. And all I gotta say is when Raheem's not in his <laughs> even when he is, he's just a big black guy to y'all. Right. I don't wanna hear that. Send right. your kids to die.
2: Right. No, they're not doing that. No. Well, it's <laughs> uh if you go down if you go down the list of items that really are lacking, uh this past two three generations of leaders have basically done it's such a massive disservice to the people infrastructure healthcare there's so many things and obviously those are the things I see on your website um, what let, let me let's go let's go kind of from your district to the state to the to the federal scene um Mm-hmm. What's your take on the state of Florida uh, as it is right now? Obviously, just recently passing uh, the rights for, for ex-convicts convicts to vote. That's a big thing. We That's also got... One. I support uh, that. Yeah, we also got... Uh,
0: Finally, uh, we had to take it to court because we I passed know. it and they tried to be like, oh, no.
2: Right, right. There's that. There's also uh, the new... Uh, Supreme Court appointment, which was a a, a young black woman. Uh, so what do you, what do you think? What's your thoughts on Florida with some of those topics?
0: Um, geez. Florida. I, it, I love Florida because I love the weather. You know, I love a lot of things about Florida, but the politics and the government is so disappointing and Florida is so far behind. Uh, That was one of the reasons that I stuck with my guns to run for Congress instead of a state house or state Senate seat. Right. Uh, You know, that was a conversation. So many people, obviously older than me, obviously a lot of people who had run before um, things like that, who really, really, really tried to talk me out of running and to run for a less, not a lesser seat because everything Mm -hmm. is important, but a different seat because not because I'm not smart or vocal enough or ready or passionate or intelligent enough, but because of how the system is set up to fail and there's no way I can win basically. Right. And, and you know, when you have that many conversations, obviously you do start to think about it. Um, but what, what had, in, what had made me decide to run was in 2017 uh, when mm-hmm. Trump came in, I was in DC and I was working with refugee resettlement and then he did the Muslim ban. And the majority of my, yeah clients that i was working with were refugees from iraq and afghanistan who were special immigrant visa holders uh Mm. who worked with our military what that is those are people who fought with our military uh in their countries whether on whatever side they're pretty much veterans of our military that helped us fight the taliban and the terrorist organizations because we promised them that them and their they and their families would be able to come here for safety and refuge later um So like I said, you know, I studied political science. I was in D.C. right after graduation. I grew up on Section 8 and food stamps and all that stuff. But it wasn't until that moment that it finally clicked like, whoa, so this is how politics impacts people. Right. Um, And that was when I was like, well, fine, nobody's doing anything about it. So maybe I'll run for Congress. And it was just like, you you know, three years ago now, when I was 20, barely 22 um and from there it just kind of became what it is but what i'll say is that florida is so behind in terms of criminal justice reform racial justice environmental justice uh wages and housing and everything that i was like i considered i was like okay maybe i will run for a state house seat and and you know do do it the right way and wait my turn and whatever um right. I would get to Tallahassee and I would be so frustrated because i I can't just look at Florida and on top of that, Florida's so slow, you know people say it takes ten years to pass a good bill huh. you no know? and and so if we wait for Florida to You know, legalize marijuana and expunge past convictions. Then, by the time that happens, it's going to be decades from now, the entire industry is going to be monopolized. And so many black people are still going to have spent their lives in jail for for a dime bag. You know? That's that's why I can never live in
2: Florida. Yeah.
0: If we wait for Florida to hop on climate change, Miami's going to be underwater even sooner than the current predictions. You know? So I was like, it doesn't make sense. I would rather run for the seat that was put on my heart in the first place and do Mm -hmm. everything my power to win and you know we're gonna win but even if i didn't i'm 25 and the point is a movement not a moment so regardless of what happens in august we are creating something that will live on forever that's gonna start redistributing the power in the district and in this community because this is the heart of black miami this is the blackest district in the state
2: Wow. To put that
0: in perspective of south florida from districts 20 to 27, they range from 7 to 11% black.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: District 24 is 56% black.
2: Wow, I did not so, know that. No, so I'm actually in fact.
0: And I say, oh yeah, District 24 is 56% black. We're like, okay, like half. But when you look at the fact that most of the districts in South Florida, the other seven of them or six of them are less than 10% black. Yeah. And we are the poorest out of all of them. And then the second poorest congressional district in the entire state, aside from uh, one of the districts all the way up north, Mm -hmm. you know, that's crazy. And that's intentional.
2: Mm.
0: That's intentional. The majority of the black population of Miami-Dade County lives in cities in District 24. So you got Little Haiti and Overtown. Those are historic black cities that have just had the life sucked out of them and the wealth sucked out of them and are being gentrified. And, and, and it's just, it's completely disgusting.
2: So, you know, that's a, based from your perspective, this is a good thing in the sense of, well, it's a, the reason you're running is to help those people, but it's also a good thing because you can reach those people and you have been reaching those people. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the feedback from the community are you, obviously, with all the protests and everything, everybody's saying, "Okay, protest, but on election day, y'all got to vote. Right. So, how how what's been the feedback working with the communities, getting people excited? Um, you know, the feedback from people to say, "Hey, we're going to vote for you." Come come come, August.
0: Um, I think that's where everything really clashes, and the hardest part comes in, which is that people don't believe in electoral politics anymore.
1: They don't. Um, they
2: don't.
0: At all, especially after everything that happened, you know, like the caucuses that we use to decide the presidential candidate are so undemocratic with coin tosses that we literally are watching on video and seeing with our own eyes are not accurate. Um, you know, all the way, like everything. People just don't believe that voting matters. And so that's the biggest challenge but at the same time, that so like back around the time when Bernie started to drop out, and and mm-hmm. the beginning of the primary, not the beginning of the primaries, towards the end when there was only a few candidates left, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone mm-hmm. was just over over uh, electoral politics and everything. But I think that everything that just sparked up recently um, yeah. with coronavirus, really the lack of the blatant lack of response. You know, after it took you people. To realize how bad the government was responding, but now they have combined with, you know, and they're watching the money go to the big businesses and they're watching, you know, the billionaires make money while we are all out of work. And they're watching the unemployment systems crash. They're watching, you know, they're watching people be illegally evicted. Um, and then coupled with the, the, the boiling over, which I'm going to say, finally, I'm going right. to say, finally, the boiling right. over of the racial, you know, movement. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. saying, finally, because we've been sitting down and and being polite. And, and we still are <laughs> very yeah. polite, in my opinion. But we've been I'm sitting should. down I'm trying should. to explain it and, and help them see we're people, too. We're just like you. You know, love is love and whatever for so long. And they've okay. just been killing us. And so when you take those two very intense, you know, just uh, so stacked issues, People now, I've, what I've seen in the past, I would say, two weeks is a complete shift where people mm. are finally understanding why we must combine. It's not vote or march. It's both.
1: Right. It's both. Right.
0: That's what I always say. We can march and riot it and burn everything down if we want to. But unless the people with legislative power to change the laws decide to care, it won't matter. So both right. are important. So that I think is what has been so. I don't even have a word for it. To me, is to see so many people now. Like today, so many people that were never even like speaking on anything. Not just speaking out for for Black lives, but posting, you know, the voter deadline and the the August primary date and the fact that you have to register to vote by July, uh, register to vote by July twentieth and all this stuff. Like just today, like dozens and dozens of posts. You know, so people, it's finally clicked. So at first I was like, dang, you know, the voter turnout's going to be so low this time around because the momentum is down. It's going to be
2: high, man.
0: But yeah, now people get it. And now people are looking. People used to wait for people to come to them, but now people are starting to look. Okay, who's running in my area? Who should I help fight? How can we help? How can we help? So I think definitely, yes. I think people are finally, things are so bad that, we can't, all the fluff is gone and all the, the paint and all the masks are off. Um, mm-hmm. And so now people are motivated because they see, oh, dang, look, if we do this and then we call these people out and then we show up to replace them, like we can have change.
1: Right, right. So, and being a young person and you know, having a college degree, just to stick with your policies here for a bit since OC opened that door up already. Um, I noticed you have a student loan policy, and uh, just talk about that a little bit. Uh, obviously, you know, we you having a military exposure family, I'm sure you get some grants and things like that. But there's tons of people out here that has over oh, 50k, over 100k. I would love to have my loan canceled out. We should plan on the student loan? <laughs> for real. I would love to have my loan taken. I was away. Just
2: looking at my refinanced <laughs> loan, well, not mine, my wife's who went to Mexico, yeah. and It's like forget about it, but go ahead, right?
1: It's a lot of money, but so. What, what, what's your plan on that? What what do you plan to do well, about this? Actually, the loans?
0: Um, since my stepfather never adopted me, my mom didn't let him because I didn't meet my real father till I was 13. So um, when she was married, you know, she didn't let my my father adopt me because if I grew up and changed my mind or, you know, met my dad and was oh. like, oh, my God. Um, so I actually don't benefit from the GI bill or oh, anything man. like that. Mm. And it's actually something he's been struggling with. Cause like I told you, he's done over 20 years and they're giving right. him problems with his GI bill for the other kids. So right. it, it's that.
2: Wow.
0: Yeah. Um, sure. but what I will say, yeah. So I have 30K, 30 K 30,000 in student loan debt. Um, I did. That's work, bad. Yeah, I, did <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I did work full time in school. Um, I was a waitress and bartended, but because I don't have any, I had no financial security anywhere. Like I didn't have, you know, a single family member that if, let's say I couldn't pay my rent or something, uh, Mm -hmm. call and help. So I still worked full time. And then on top of that, I still did. I only took out the loans that were offered through like the FAFSA. I didn't take out, you know, any Sally Mae or anything like that, but I did take out the max each time. Um, mm. And that was the money I used to pay my rent, to pay my car insurance, buy all my books right away. Um, yeah. And then I did it. Um, same. So yeah, uh, yeah. So I have thirty k. And I think the thing that's interesting that people really don't understand when we talk about student loan debt is they're just thinking of a bunch of twenty five year olds, you know, who want to have their loans forgiven so they can go splurge money. But student loan debt yeah. really affects people of all ages.
2: Our entire
0: economy is bogged down by people drowning in student loan debt. And even the student loan forgiveness program that exists for people who work in nonprofits and and as teachers and fields that are so necessary that society would crumble without them but make no money. That's so ironic. That's the whole reason that student loan forgiveness exists in the first place is because our government knows how bad our wages are.
2: Absolutely.
0: but that program, you have to pay your loans consistently for 10 years before you even qualify.
2: And they're they're not given that, (laughs) I think- If
0: anything, you need your loans forgiven the most when you first graduate.
2: Right. right. You know, Absolutely.
0: that's how they get so much higher because you're you're making payments consistently for 10 years, but then, you know, you you have all the interest, and if you miss right. a payment, then you have to start over, and then you don't qualify for student loan forgiveness. So, the only way to truly address the student loan crisis is to forgive all debt. And let me explain why I say that. Okay. In a need-based system, claw it's just going to clog the system. Between the administrative costs and everything else, it's not meant to be a need-based welfare program. It's meant mm-hmm. to alleviate the debt. The 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 um Betty DeVos has the power to do it right now.
2: Right, right. Literally, well, for
0: all student loan debt.
2: Student here, here,
0: loan debt is a predatory system. It, it is on the need for people to go to college. Back in the day, you only needed a high school degree to get a job. Now, mm-hmm. most jobs require a bachelor's degree and still pay no money and no money. Their tuition goes up not because they got better teachers shoot most of the classes are not even taught by professors they're taught by TAs who are paid right, nothing yeah. well, um, no, you know so they don't give like, a shit. right um, it's, it's just a prop. Our entire education system is for profit. You know, look at how much the presidents of universities make. Look at how much goes to the head of athletics, but the athletes can't work, are not allowed to work while they're playing sports. But then they're not allowed to make money off of being sponsored. Like, you know,
1: I mean, the athlete making money. That's a whole different conversation that we have to get into. <laughs> After so I you know I definitely right.
0: yeah, But also like you can't forbid them from being able to work at the same like you know it's just right. Right. you know there's there's just a lot of things and and think about it. We're looking, we talk about oh the housing market and all the economy the economy would boom. People are like people are buying houses, people aren't having children right. because right. everyone's drowning in debt.
2: One point right. five gonna trillion.
0: They're going to buy homes. They're going to buy cars. They're going to start businesses.
2: Right. trillion. And I'll give you this because you're going to win and you need to have alternative steps. Oh, she's going to win. See, I like that. Look at that. Speak that into existence. The the backdrop of this is you're right. It is predatory. It makes no sense. The the schools take the money now. Mm -hmm. The banks have you in their pocket for ages afterwards. And, you know, it's... Completely makes no sense to get an education to be a productive member of citizen, a productive citizen of a country should not be something that bankrupts people. So here's the alternative: since most people will say, "Well, what about the people who paid their loans and then this guy bought a car and uh, you know he spent all his money on this and that and he hasn't paid his loan, but I saved my money and I paid off my loan." So the counter argument to that, I think, a an alternative is if we can't pay off the loans of everybody, what about just zeroing out the interest rates? Mm, I'll tell okay. you why that's I tell you why that's a good a good way to look at it as a second option. If you zero out the interest well, rate- well, hold on, OC, hold on, OC. So you, I mean, so
1: your your proposal is because everybody's going to be complaining about it. Why not take out the interest rate? So yeah. let me hear, let me hear what's the like kindest thing about that. Like, what would be? Because, so, like you said, there will be people out there.
0: So, okay, so this is my immediate thought: is you said, "What if we can't give student loan debt?" And that right there, it we can. That's the whole know, point. Know, We I literally know, can. So we need to. We're not. No, we're not giving them a second option. Why <laughs> don't we give them a second option when? Okay. You know, if the I- system is deliberate. All these systems are deliberate. They're all tied together. I um, agree. and And so... You know, that whole mentality of anybody that's like, well, I suffered and paid my student loans, so you should too. Well, then maybe yeah. you should have started advocating for student loan forgiveness back when you got <laughs> your student loan debt. You know? Oh, right. you know that whole Oh, right. so I can say, oh, no, we shouldn't do anything to address the homeless crisis because I was homeless for five years.
1: <laughs> and now I'm no longer homeless. Right. So and you saying too bad. fucking bad, huh? It's Basically, true. too bad.
0: Yeah. But that's why we have to, that's why the biggest thing that we have to do is reframe our political ideology in this co- country and how mm-hmm. like, like we go back and forth on policy and stuff because we haven't decided as a people, what do we deserve?
2: People. What is right? Water what are yeah, drawn? What right. are our
0: minimum basic rights? For instance, mm-hmm. I believe every human being has a, has a right to a safe place to lay their head every night that is not on the streets. Thanks.
2: I firmly Absolutely. believe
0: that every person, Absolutely should have access to healthcare regardless of their income. If they need to see a doctor, if they need a surgery, they should be able to get it. And it should yep, not be right. homeless and it should not put them in debt for their entire life.
1: Right, you know, I agree with We you.
0: haven't been able to come to a consensus to say, hey, we are all worthy of basic dignity and right. basic human rights. Once we, we, That's where we have to start. You can't start with the policy and then argue over who deserves what. What do human beings? What do people that were born? None of us asked to be here. First of all, you know, and the same <laughs> people who want to. we sure
1: women. about that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: the same people who want to force women to have labor and and to to produce children, you know, despite the fact are the same people that don't support any of the systems needed to help mothers that can't afford to have children, which is the main right. reason that abortions do happen. You know. Right, right. Until we decide what we as a people deserve, we're always going to argue over who's worthy of what, and it's always going to be based on our poverty and oppression that only exists because we haven't said what we as a people deserve. Right.
2: right. Yeah, so, and that's right. known as. That's known as. A, sorry to cut you off. Please finish. No,
0: that's that, no, no, right.
2: no. Okay, I was just gonna say that, that that's known as a poverty, um, a scarcity mindset, and you're right. Um, It definitely is a scenario where we do have to say, you know what, this is what the human life is worth. These are the basic rights we as a country want to confer on our citizens, and this is what it's going to look like. Um, And you know what? I was going to give you all the reasons why um, my my policy made sense, but you know what? There's nothing Forget wrong with you have that. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Fight for what you believe in. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, you you definitely will have a fight. To, to, it will be a battle. It right, will be because, not playing. And at the same time, you're going to have to, uh, not even Frederica, I'm talking about GOP and everything, um, but you definitely at some point also would have to balance some of all the things you want to do and but you know what? You have to go with, with all your your guns loaded, I've, for lack of a better term. So that's that's okay. So let me ask you this: Let's go federal. Um, looking at your policies, it seemed like you would be simpatico with a Bernie. Yeah,
0: is that right? I was okay. simpatico Bernie, not just for his policies, but just for consistency. Uh, mm-hmm. I think consistency is super important because, again, we're fighting for the basic of basic humanity and human mm-hmm. rights. And it's not to say I think it's so important too. you know, mm-hmm. to be able to grow and change your perspective and learn. I'm learning and growing every day. Uh, right, right. Of my team challenged me and my perspective and how far I think we can raise the ceiling. And they're like, right. no, higher, you know, and I love that. Right. Um, but when you looked at the pool of candidates we had to choose from, um, he always puts his actions where his mouth off, mouth is, and mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. someone that doesn't settle. And so that's what I wanted to say about what you said. You know, you got to come with all your guns loaded, and absolutely because that's what we haven't been doing. We've all been right. settling yeah. for like little crumbs here and there, and they keep telling, "We'll give you more later. We'll give you more next time. The next bill will be better." But we have to start smaller. You know, yeah, as we'll, as
2: we'll as give as you twelve hundred well. for three months. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's Let's not going to do just- nothing for me.
0: Yeah, and we watched, you know, we watched all the Democratic presidential candidates except for Bernie sit up there and trash single payer Medicare for all and defend the private health insurance companies because they all, you know, my opponent included, take money from them. And Mm. the thing is they compare okay, so if like, yeah, some other countries that have well, you know, the rest of the developed world has universal health care. We're the only ones. Um, that's why I like to emphasize universal health care because That's the point. Is obviously it's not Medicare in every country, but we're the only developed world in the country. I mean, only developed country in the
2: world. world. (laughs) But
0: oh, but these other countries have you know a public and a private option. But these other countries weren't built off of oppression and profiting off of other people's lives. And the United States is so corrupt that there's no way to just create a public option and still leave the private health insurance companies because right. all they're going to do is drive up the market. The public option's is going to crash. And then everyone's mm-hmm. going to be like, see, we told you Medicare for all wasn't going to work.
2: Right. And the whole right. point is that
0: profit healthcare what? shouldn't be a profit profitable industry, you know? So right. that's why, like I said, it's, it's just that framework of what we deserve and what we don't is so important because I'll argue with you all day. What's the best way to implement it? What's the best mm-hmm. way to take, take, you know, the, the, I don't know, the licenses and stuff away from these and all of that. I will argue with you all day, but I will not argue mm-hmm. on the concept that we need single payer Medicare for all. Just like I will no. not argue, I will argue the best way to implement a green new deal, but I will not mm-hmm. argue on the the need for it because it, it's the only, it's, it addresses all of the marginalized groups. It doesn't just mm-hmm. do climate change. It creates jobs. It protects marginalized communities from, from my, from, from black people to brown people to native americans in their land you know it's it's a basic declaration for you know uh the basic human human right outline of mm-hmm. hey when we address climate change this stuff needs to be covered so i'll debate the best way to do things but i will not go back and forth with people over if we deserve sweeping policies that actually protect us and give us clean air clean water and the ability to see a doctor
2: right right
1: that's very good
2: that's very good so with that in mind i was gonna say rewind three months from from now three months ago Mm -hmm. maybe (laughs) let's say four months ago and it was all about the debates and all that it was like 20 something whatever the case were candidates if at the time i asked you your top five was biden in your top five list of candidates
0: Oh, let me think about that. Because I don't. I went top five. I had two. I was. I was Warren or Bernie. That was. That was my okay. thing. Um, was
2: who
1: who and Bernie Warren?
0: I did Warren or Bernie. Warren or Bernie. Much okay. No
1: Yang in there? Huh? No Andrew Yang?
0: Um, I. I didn't think past too. I just, you know, I,
2: okay. I
0: think about <laughs> I get it though. I, I have I get you know, it. the UBI. Okay. Cool. But he didn't support single payer Medicare for all. So that thousand dollars means nothing. If I make one trip to the, to the doctor or need one right. or have one child. Um, so yeah, I never really thought past it. Um, but what I will tell you, I definitely had a different version view of Biden at the beginning of all this than I do now. Um, and that just comes with what I said about how I'm learning and I'm growing. And So how,
2: we, has it gotten better or worse?
0: Oh, worse, for sure. Because <laughs> that, that's the thing is all these people, they do such a good job of painting such beautiful pictures of themselves and of each other. And so right. until you really, really dive into it, you don't see it. You know, we're happy right. with this surface level fluff. But when you break it down, you know, I just... Hit won his record with women, and regardless of what anybody says about Tara Reid, being a twenty-five-year-old girl, being someone who has been touched and groped and unwantedly bothered, and everything—so so many. Oh, wow. I can't. Sorry even about
2: know. that. Sorry, it's, wow. but,
0: but people defending him—it's like I can tell you just from watch. Just look at how he interacts with women and girls. Like it's not. It's not
2: cool, bro. It's
0: not even a question, you know. That's such a basic thing. But my biggest issue with him is that he doesn't acknowledge his mistakes, and he's a grown mm. man.
1: And mm. so for
0: him to it's sit that
1: entitlement, here, right? That's that. That entitlement,
0: yeah. right? and deny that his crime bill, that he took so much pride in, caused the mass incarceration and prison industrial complex and school to prison pipeline that we see today the mm-hmm. fact that there are decades of research proving it and he can still get up there and say it's not true
2: yep right. and
0: then can get up there and say if you can't choose between me and trump then you're not black
2: Woo. What fuck,
1: right what the fuck are you talking about joe like
0: what you know so i just i'm just very frustrated because i just i'm not here to i i can't blame anybody for being de- like fed up with the democratic party Or Mm fed up with electoral politics. That's why it's just so important that we do these things together and we have these conversations because at the end of the day, they keep giving us who they want.
1: Right. Exactly. Let me me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this. We have Joe Biden. are
0: going to stop. The power structures (laughs) run so. (laughs) That's why there's almost one non party affiliate for every two Democrats in my district.
2: Mm. That's crazy.
0: Over 110,000 non party affiliates in District 24. Wow, because people and they're people who are anti-establishment that would most likely vote with Democrats, but they see the corruption because of like you know ideology, but they see the corruption yep. in both parties because it's true.
2: There's a D, there's a D or an R in your name. Nobody, they don't want to talk to you. Right,
1: but I'll say this. Um, so OC is actually in Florida. So if you ever decide to run for governor and need a lieutenant, um. <laughs> <I> did, <laughs> Uh so you know I nominated Osi for that. Well if you ever need a lieutenant governor in the future. Oh, Absolutely.
2: You know, Florida,
1: even of-
0: in?
2: I'm in Tampa.
0: Tampa. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why I went to school. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, I need to go up there sometime once all this is over stuff. There you
2: comes. there you go. That's, yeah. that's-
0: um no your, yeah. Your your your
2: your school kids did a number on on the on the campus, man. Really? Yeah, during the protests. Uh, well, I don't know if it's students, really, but it was it was a bit rowdy up there. I mean, they got yeah. some,
0: I mean, USF, like, you know, I'm in a multicultural sorority and, mm-hmm. you know, people don't realize, like, why we even exist. You know, you have NPHC, you know, the black fraternities and sororities because back then black people weren't allowed to join the white ones. And now right. you have the Multicultural Greek Council where you have Latina-based, you have Asian, Indian, you know uh, all different kinds of um fraternities and sororities mine is the most diverse in the country it's you know uh, sigma lambda sigma lambda gamma it's over 110 you know ethnicities it's beautiful but you know when we do have you know white girls that join they get asked by other white girls why didn't you join a real sorority or uh, you know, like like super shady things you know when you try to have events with them it's just it's super messy and it, it's super it's still there still there it's blatant you know what i mean
1: yeah unfortunately that's a society we're living and that's what this protest is all about you know he's just fixing some of those things that one some of those problems that we have in america today so it's unfortunate
0: power of the governor like i i didn't realize you know until like a year or two ago you know how much power the governor has you know and people but that's what i'm saying people are are, are seeing now because it's so blatant it's so out right. there and right. social media helps so it much. does
2: it does it does. It helps it's unbelievable th- what the police literally are doing and they know the cameras are on so what right. would they do if they were wearing the cameras a- not on a- Right, just imagine. What do you mean? What would they do? What they've been well, doing, I know, though. I know, I know. I'm just saying. Right? They, <laughs> they just don't give a shit.
0: Finally getting caught, like. <sighs>
2: well, we're getting them on tape, but yeah, they, still they not don't care. yeah. You know, That's
1: so. Fun. But Takina, we've got you to uh, do all this politic talk and give us some inside details on your campaign and how you're running. Let's ask you a little bit of some, some fun stuff. What do you What do you do for fun? How do you relax?
0: My favorite thing to do to relax is to go to the beach. I mm. love being in the sun and I love the ocean. Um, what? yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what, beach,
2: what beach do you go, you, uh, use out there on the, on the East coast?
0: Um, I go to Hollywood beach a lot. Okay. Um, or sometimes cause I work in Fort Lauderdale. So I'll go to Fort Lauderdale beach. Um, South beach is a little too rowdy.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, Sometimes, if I have friends in town, you know, I'll take them down there and we'll hit like, you know, some of the local spots and stuff like that. That is is what I do love about it. But yeah, usually Hollywood Beach.
2: Right. um, That's
0: my thing to do to relax. And, you know, obviously Netflix is great too, but I'm trying to (laughs) to time down a little bit. Um,
1: Yeah, I can't go wrong with Netflix. I'm watching Game of Thrones for the fifth time right now.
0: You know, it's a really good show, The 100.
1: The
2: 100, the 100. Yeah. yeah, it's really. Oh, cool. I think I heard about that. And That's so where, much, like, you come like, off a plane or something.
0: So much action, and it's one of those shows where, like, anybody could die, you're never gonna know. Like, it's not <laughs> <cool. And> the,
2: <laughs> anybody the, the character
0: can die. Development, <laughs> the character development is phenomenal.
1: So, wait, I, what was the second one?
0: The character development.
1: Okay, all right. For the one hundred, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll take it out once Game of Thrones is over. If I don't decide to watch it again, and again. I did
0: buy rollerblades <laughs> like three years ago, and I've only used them twice because I feel like I don't know how to stop. So
1: oh.
2: <laughs> that'd be a problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not good. So you're doing the right thing, being safe, stay on the I'm, safe I'm side.
0: Working on it.
1: Yeah, stay on the safe side. So yeah, but <laughs> right. so that was my actually, my next question was some movies to watch, but you just give us some, so that's good. What about music? What are you listening to?
0: So I, 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 honestly, I've just been. I do a lot of Pandora, so just whatever. Um, but I, I really like like just like slow R and B and and things. And I've been listening to a lot of praise music lately too. Lots. Oh,
1: praise, praise and worship, huh? Yeah. Wow, you can never go wrong with that. I will tell you yeah.
0: that. Yeah, especially like you know when I wake up in the morning, I, I usually start my yep. day that way. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, absolutely. You wake up in the morning and put the praise on. Uh, you know, get in the spirit and all that and start acting the fool if you can. Yeah. And try um, and
0: start your day in the right mind. And, you know, there's a lot yeah. of negativity and crazy stuff going on. So got to stay. Absolutely. And,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. But Hey, listen, thanks for joining us. We truly appreciate it. It was a fun conversation. It was fun talking to you uh, just learning about your campaign. Uh, so just tell the folks listening where they can help, how they can help your website and all that good stuff.
0: Yes. Yeah, so our website is sakinaforcongress.com, which is S-A-K-I-N-A-H-F-O-R mm-hmm. for congress.com. Um, there you can sign up to volunteer. We are doing, you know, a lot of virtual stuff. So even if you don't live in the area, you can still phone bank, you can help with social media and things like that. Um, and right. obviously the another huge way to help is to donate whatever you can, whether it's $20 or $5. Um, You can get there from the website as well. But uh, I'm not taking any corporate money, uh, you know, no super PAC money. I'm, you know, unbossed and unafraid. I'm only here to represent the people, but we can't, you know, my opponent has a net worth of a million dollars
2: and
0: $300,000 in her campaign chest because she never has to use it. So yep, if anything that. else, she can just drown us out by spending all her money. So we really just need to make sure our message is heard. So you can donate through the website or Cash App if it's under $100. Sakina for Congress as well.
1: Absolutely. OC and I will be going on there to donate. I think I got about a million dollars to donate. <laughs> to <me.
2: laughs> you got do that. Do not uh, do that? Okay. All right. Do right. Do um, yeah, that would... Yeah, right. Max is, is
0: 2800 <laughs>
1: Max is twenty eight hundred, but hey, Sakina, thanks for joining us, man. We really appreciate you. Absolutely, we definitely wish you luck in your campaign. We know you got a tough battle, but you know you you got the energy, you got the passion, uh, you've got the right dream. So uh, definitely rooting for you, and uh, we think you got this, man. Good luck. All
0: right, thanks so much, y'all. Have a great night. Stay safe, okay?
1: Always, absolutely. You too.
0: All right, thank you.
1: All right, bye bye. You've been listening to the Point Noted Podcast with Johnny B. and Rashad B. Follow us on Twitter at PTNoted and Instagram at point noted. Hit the subscribe and follow button to follow us and check out more episodes of us talking a whole bunch of shit. You've been noted.